everybody and welcome to this service uh, this morning. We will be talking about uh, the topic entitled The Visitation of the Lord. The Visitation of the Lord. Our key scripture would be from the book of Psalm, chapter 8, verses 1 and 4. This is what the Bible says. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him. I was reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. We're talking about the visitation of the Lord. In this psalm, David starts by acknowledging the greatness of the Lord. He talks about the Lord as the creator of the heavens, the moon, and the stars. My, my focus this morning it's on the latter verses that we read where he asked what is a rhetorical question. He asks, he says, number one, he says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Number two, he says, what is man that you should visit him? And we should know, brothers and sisters, that David in his Psalms, he was also prophesying. He was also revealing the will of God and, and telling us of the things that would come. So when he, in, in this psalm, he asked this question out of sheer amazement that this great God, this mighty God, this creator of the heavens and the earth, he is also mindful of men and he is amazed that this God would consider men, that this God would remember men. For he asked the question, he says, what is man that you are mindful of him? And he asked again, he says, what is man that you would visit him? So he is prophesying that one day God will visit men, that one day the Lord will visit men. Hence we're talking about the visitation of the Lord. And this visitation is, is God is moved to, to action this visitation because he's mindful of us, because he remembers us. And we, we read again in, in, in John 3 verse 16, which is actually the fulfillment of the promise. 
or the fulfillment of the prophecy because the, 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 the Old Testament prophesies about the New Testament and the New Testament manifests the Old Testament or the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And in John 3.16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is a fulfillment of Psalm 8 where we read that God is so mindful of us that he will visit us. Here we see in John 3.16 that the father loved us so much that he sent the son to come and die for us on the cross, that whosoever believe should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what is then the visitation of the Lord? The visitation of the Lord, it is the father sending the son to come and die for us. That is the visitation of the Lord. The, the, the son being God, the son being God himself. So when David says that what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him. He is prophesying that God the son would one day visit us because when God looked at the condition of mankind, when God looked that man, that sin had separated man from, 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 from fellowship with God, God because of his love for us, God because he was man, mindful of us, God because he considers us. He sent his son to come and die for us so that ultimately we might be reconciled back to God. And that is the essence of God visiting us. That is the essence of the prophecy that says one day God will visit us. That says one day God, because he is mindful of us, because he considers us, because his mind is full of us, because he loves us so much. I like the writer in John 3, 16. He says, for God so loved the world, so he was moved upon by compassion. He did not leave us, wanted to leave us in a state where we are separated from him, but because he loved us so much, he wanted us to be reconciled to him. So he loved us so much to an extent that he will visit us, to an extent that God the Son would come and he will visit us. So, so, so that is the essence of the message that we want to preach this morning. And, and that the visitation of the Lord is about the Father giving the Son for us because of our sins that we might be reconciled to him. So, in, in, in Luke 19, verses 41 to verses 44, we see Christ entering the city of Jerusalem. This is also known as the triumphal entry of Christ into the city of, 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 of Jerusalem. This is what the, 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 the Christian church celebrate as, the, as, as, as Palm Sunday when they commemorate the entrance of Christ into the city of Jerusalem. Before we, 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 we get to this stage of verse 41 and 44, 
Christ had to send his, his disciples to a city to bring a young donkey or a colt. And this is what, what is interesting when he sent the disciples. He says, when the owners of the young donkey ask you, why are you taking it? Tell them that the Lord needs it. You know, and, and, and it happened, as Christ said, when the disciples went to fetch the donkey before Christ could enter into the city, that the owners of the donkey asked the disciples, why are you listening to that young donkey? And they said to the owners of the donkey, says, the Lord, the owners of the donkeys, the owners of all humankind has need of it. And when they said to to the owners of the donkey that the Lord has need of it. He let them take it. And I found that very, very interesting. In verse 41 and 44 of Luke 19, the Bible says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city, that's the city of Jerusalem, and he wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now you... They are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. So we see here that there are consequences when we did not recognize, when we do not recognize the time of the Lord's visitation. Now Christ wept over the city of Jerusalem just before he went into it. And he wept over it because the city of Jerusalem, because Israel did not recognize the time of their visitation did not recognize that this was the time when the Messiah would come and bring upon salvation. And Christ pronounced a curse upon the city. He says this city of Jerusalem is going to be surrounded. This city of Jerusalem is going to be flattened. This city of Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. He says because they did not recognize the time of the Lord's visitation, they did did not realize that the promised Messiah had come. They did not realize that God, because he's mindful of them, because he's mindful of us, because he so loved us that he has given his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross. So there are severe consequences when we did not recognize the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Christ. There is severe consequences when we do not accept the message of salvation, the message that says Christ died for us on the cross, the message that speaks about the forgiveness of our sins, the message that talks about the reconciliation of God and man that, that Christ has achieved for us through the cross. So there are severe consequences and specifically for the city of Jerusalem, Christ prophesied its destruction just before he entered because the people did not recognize the coming or the visitation of the Lord. And this prophecy was fulfilled around AD 60 when the Roman soldiers surrounded the city and flattened the city and brought the great destruction 
destruction upon the city. So there are consequences of not recognizing the coming or the message of the visitation of the Lord. We read in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3, the Bible says, How shall we escape if we, neg if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape if we do not recognize the visitation of the Lord? How shall we escape if we do not recognize the hour of our visitation? The hour of your visitation. It's when you hear the message of salvation. The message that says repent or perish. The message that says give your life to Jesus. The message that says Jesus died on the cross for you. The message that says his blood was shed for the forgiveness of your sins. That is the hour of your visitation. And the writer of Hebrews says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So when the father was moved upon by love, when he was moved upon because he was mindful of us and sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross, he was working for us a great salvation. And the writer of Hebrews says, how shall Shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? If we trample underfoot the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross, when we consider it as nothing, the sacrifice, the great sacrifice that Christ paid for us on the cross, how shall we escape? Because beyond this, there is no other salvation. There is no other price that, that, that God would have given to ransom men from their sins to save men from their sins. There is no greater price to pay than the one that Christ paid for us on the cross. And in John, in John 3.16, it says the same thing. There are consequences when we do not recognize the hour of our visitation. For it says that whosoever believe will not perish so when we hear the word or the message of salvation, it is called upon us that we should believe. It is called upon us that we should believe. Otherwise, there are dire eternal consequences when we do not recognize the message of salvation. I want to read now in First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This is what the Bible says. It says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. So the first part of that verse says, God was manifested in the flesh. So the coming of the Christ was God manifesting in the flesh. Because Christ, he is, he is the second person in the Godhead. He is God the Son. And Paul says, he says, how great is this mystery of godliness. God was manifested 
in the flesh. So when we talk about the visitation of the Lord, we are talking about God manifesting in the, in the flesh to come and redeem us back to himself because we are God's most prized possession. Because God loves us so much. Because God is mindful of us. He considers us. He considers us. He is mindful of us. And the Bible says here that how great is this mystery of godliness. That God was manifested in the flesh. When we read in John chapter 1, verses, verses 1 and 2. And reading as well, verse 14, this is what the Bible says. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And I want to bring your attention to verse 14 as well, which says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So scripture testifies about scripture. You know that the word of God does not contradict itself, but the word of God is in harmony with itself. So Paul says great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. And John says the same thing. In verse 14 of chapter 1, he says, the word become flesh. And in John 1 verse 1, he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God. God the Son was with God the Father in the beginning. So the the word becoming flesh, it's what David prophesied when he says, Oh Lord, our God, you are mindful of us. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. So the, the, the God be manifested in the flesh. It is God visiting us. And Paul says the same thing when he says great is the mystery of this godliness that God was manifested or God was manifested in the flesh. And John testifies of the same thing. Now, when we talk about a visitation of any kind, any kind of visitation has an arrival time and has a departure time. So the arrival time is when, it's when God was being manifested in the flesh. And when was that? It was when the vision Mary gave life or, or when the vision Mary gave birth to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was when the, the it was when the word was becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. You know, when we read in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being God himself, do not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So Christ, but the Bible says, but he humbled himself and took the nature of men. So Christ took the nature of men. And he says again, he Hebrews, in, 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 in Hebrews, he says, Oh Lord, it is written of me in your books, a 
body you have prepared for me. So the birth of Christ or the vision birth of Christ was when God was preparing a body for Christ because to operate in, in the world, you need the body, you need the flesh. So the word of the word who is God or who was with God in the beginning had to be made flesh so that he can dwell among us. And that is the visitation of the Lord. He had to be made flesh so that he can dwell among us and so that he can go and pay the price or pay the price for, for our sins so that we can be redeemed back to God. So that our sins can be forgiven. So we're saying any type of visitation has an arrival time and has also a departure time. And the, 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 the ascension of the Lord after he died for us on the cross the Bible says on the third day he was resurrected and when we celebrate the Passover or the Easter we're saying on the third day he rose again he conquered sin for us when he was resurrected but after many days he ascended again on high and that was the completion of the of the visitation of the Lord, that he was born, but he also ascended back to the Father. And we find that in Acts chapter 1, verse 9. This is what the Bible says. He says, now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And in, in Mark 16, verse 19, the Bible testifies of the same thing. When he says, so then, after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. So that, 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 that verse talks about the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. That after he died for us on the cross, on the third day he was resurrected. But after, after many days, he ascended up on high to be with the Father. So that is the message of the visitation of the Lord. That the God, the Father, was moved upon with love because he's a compassionate God. The Bible says the Lord is good. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is slow to anger. So he was compassionate. He was moved upon by love. And the love caused him to give his only begotten son, to give all that he had so that we can be redeemed this morning, so that we can respond to the message of salvation, so that we can respond because the consequences are dire when we do not recognize that time of our visitation. So as a church, we talk about knowing Christ intimately and passionately making him known. When we are passionately making Christ known, it is about the preaching of this good news that says that Christ died for us on the cross. That says that our sins can be forgiven in Christ. That says that we can, man can be redeemed back to God. As John 3.16 says, that whose Whosoever believe shall be will be saved and shall have everlasting life and shall not perish. So, brothers and sisters, as we come to close, the message of the visitation of the Lord, the message of salvation, it is an urgent message. It is an urgent message. The time 
it's always right to preach this message. It is due time. It is due season. We ought to preach this message. The Lord Christ challenged the people when they did not recognize the visitation of the Lord. So the message of the visitation of the Lord, it is an urgent message. And, 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 and as I close, maybe you are listening to this preaching, to this recording, and you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. The time is now. Now is the hour to receive God's favor. Now is the time to be saved. Now is the day of salvation. Do not postpone the decision to accept this message of salvation, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It is a must. You must be saved. You must be born again. For how shall you escape? How shall you escape if you look down on this great salvation? Now I want to pray with you. If you want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, please follow me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I have heard your word. Now I receive your son Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. And I believe on the third day he rose again. And he is seated now at the right hand of the Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you.